Occasionally Awesome, I'm Nick Youssef. Wow! <laughs> That's our new intro. <laughs> or the next one, neither of us say our names, we just go, wow! For a few weeks, that's not a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to care. It's not a fucking big deal. Bill's going to be mad at that. Yeah, it's not a problem. It's yeah. not even a close to being described as a problem at all. No, it's just something that happened. If anything, it's a gift that yeah. we're giving to you. <laughs> yeah. um, speaking of gifts, if you live in Chicago, <laughs> I will be there this weekend, the 19th through the 21st at the Chicago Improv. Me and Mr. Bobby Lee... Uh, some of you have already emailed me and said you're coming and have given me places to eat and shop for vintage stuff, which I greatly appreciate. I bet you they'll, you'll find good stuff there. Uh, maybe, yeah. I mean, it might be like a little pricey because it's a big city. But Go to um, Chicago Comics okay. or Quimby's, two of the best comic book stores in the world. Quimby's. Yeah. Like, named after Mayor Quimby? I don't know. Maybe. It could very well be named after that. Yeah. Um, But they're sweet. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I just started reading Why the Last Man. Is that a book? It's a graphic novel series. Nerd. Considered one of the best. Um, I started it a while ago, and then I just... It's one of those ones where you have to get, like, volume one, and then two, and then onwards. And I got, I think, one and two, and then... Just you can't, you couldn't find the other ones. I'm like, oh, well, I guess stinks. I'm not finishing this for a while. And then our buddy Andrew Themelis let me. He has the whole series, so he's right. like, oh, I have, I have volumes two through ten. And then I've had him sitting there on my coffee table for a while, but I just started reading them last night. They're that hard to get. I'm surprised they haven't shoved them into an anthology. That's usually what happens. Um, sometimes they do that to do like a big like yeah, a big one. bus or something. But um, I mean, I think now I don't know. They might be more available now. But I was trying to get them at Meltdown. Right, um, and then they just kept. They'll, they'll ha- they'd have like volumes four through eight, but not two and three. Yeah. And so you're kind of fucked if they don't have just one of them. If they could have three through ten. They don't have two. You're like, well, I can't skip it. This is the problem with collecting. Yeah. As soon as they started numbering things, we it were is all partly fucked. my problem because I'm like, I could just borrow it from someone, but I'm like, no, I want to own the want to own the whole thing. <laughs> so it's like that's that's on yeah. me at that point. Yeah. I could have just like messaged a bunch of comic book nerd friends and been like, hey, let me borrow volume two, and I would have gotten seven copies of it yeah, tomorrow. Right. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, yeah, there's uh, there's that, and then um, where else? I think I'm going back to Tahoe again. Already? In March, yeah. Huh. They keep bringing me back there to do that gig, which really isn't a big deal. It's, like, yeah. so nice up there. Yeah. And if it's not, like, snowing again, it'll be... January, February, March. No, it'll be like... Yeah, mid-March. Yeah. If it was like kind of spring weather, it's like, yeah, sign me up for more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm going to be back up there again. Uh, I have to f- confirm that for sure. But uh, Chicago, if you guys live out there, uh, come to those shows or tell me stuff to do. Um, and then uh, speaking of stuff to do, dude, this weekend was full of stuff to do. We fucking got our, our mouths fucked off by culture. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Uh, in a good way. Yeah, two very different things. Like Two very different scenes, Yeah, I feel. Two very polarizing scenes. I, I guess. Oh, yeah, if you're an outsider. Oh, yeah, yeah, to yeah. To those things, and you walked in, you'd be like... You'd be annoyed. Like, I was imagining when we were walking around the, the, the art book fair... I was like, what if you just took a dude from, like, Little Rock, Arkansas, right? who's never even been to L.A., and then just dropped him in the middle of the art book fair or inspiration? What would they do? 
Like, what would they even make of it all? I almost think in terms of like, how would my, what would my dad think? Yeah, yeah, like a, the older generation. Yeah, of people that just aren't like they don't hang out with people like that. Or in fact, I remember when I was in Chicago once, mm-hmm. uh, working, my dad came out to visit me, and we and we went to that place, Quimby's. The comic book store. Yeah. And afterwards, he was like, oh, I, you you and that guy working there, like, you, you obviously know all the same shit. It was <laughs> like you guys were speaking, like, your own little language. Yeah, yeah. He's like, so you, like, know about all that stuff? I was like, yeah, I know about all that stuff. He's like, oh, yeah, I could tell because you guys were like... And I was like, yeah, you know, it's, it's very specific kind yeah, of... nerding out of Nerdery about yeah. something, you know. I mean, it was like even... So the two places we went, if you haven't figured it <laughs> figured it out... Are we went to Inspiration LA, which we've talked about before in the podcast. We did right. an episode on it last year, where we had we brought an outsider. We brought Candace Thomas, who's a funny comic cool right. girl. Uh, took her, and then we were like, "What did you make of all that?" It's a vintage expo, a vintage and vintage inspired Americana yeah. expo. So you get a lot of like uh, either private dealers or vintage stores from the LA area or surrounding, or kind of nationwide or worldwide, and then. Different companies that make and sell vintage-inspired clothing or just like high-quality denim and, and motorcycle-related stuff. And yeah. So, you're, I mean, you're walking – imagine like the, the world's coolest flea market on steroids. If it was like yeah. the best of the Rose Bowl flea market and then every other one in the world. Yeah. All in one building. On one floor in about seven aisles. Um, you kind of see everything. And there's like people that are famous in that world, you know, walking around – that I mean, I you know, there a couple maybe I kind of I think that's the guy from this and that. Yeah. But like, if you live in LA, if you've ever been to like Kelly Cole, which is like a vintage T-shirt store yeah. on La Brea that has like the best of the best. I mean, you get like rare concert shirts and tour shirts from like Zeppelin and the Stones that are three, four, five hundred dollars, like super rare, well made. Well, I'll preserved. say Kelly Cole's not as expensive as a lot of other people. I mean, and I don't know if that's because he's like deals in volume or some shit, but like mm. he, uh, his prices are not cheap, but yeah. they're not that kind of insulting where you're like, "Come on, dude!" Yeah, you're like eight hundred dollars for like, come, a, on, yeah. fucker, come on, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like he had a booth there, and he had one of the best Thrasher T-shirts I've ever seen. Really, fuck yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that. Um, so we did. That was one of the things we did. And then we also went to the L.A. Art Book Fair, which go yeah. ahead and describe that. The L.A. Art Book Fair is a it's a Mocha Geffen Contemporary, and it is a just giant fair full of vendors who sell basically fine art books of uh, photography and like art related stuff. And then like another room that's almost more like underground style, like zines. Yeah, that are more, I want to say, like illustration-y style, like underground comic style. Yeah, and they and lots of T-shirts and and just like small press. The whole thing is about like it's 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 sponsored by Printed Matter, which is this really cool store in New York. This cure one of the first like curated art bookstores, and it's just about like small art presses and uh, artists who make their own kind of products and stuff. Yeah, it's pre- at this point, I guess it's pretty hard to get into. To get a table there. Oh, really? Yeah, I guess they now it's gotten so... Because it it's free, and it's really, really popular. That's what I thought was really cool, that it was just free. You could just walk in. Yeah, you just cruise in. But I think they probably charge everyone to have tables there. Yeah. And uh, 
But how awesome is that? That that the admission's free. You could just yeah, you could great. spend a whole afternoon there. A lot of museums are moving towards free. Yeah, because they have these huge endowments, and attendance is in the toilet at a lot of them. Right. Because museums are either free or really expensive to get in. Mm-hmm. Like you go to Lockma, there's a, sh- a cool show. It's like twenty five dollars. Really? Yeah. Plus sometimes. parking. Yeah, to get in, it's not cheap. Wow. So, uh, like the hammer is free now all the time. Oh no way! Because a lot of these, you know, these museums have like contributors that are billionaires. So uh-huh. someone will just like create an endowment that'll get it so they'll have free admission. Right. So some museums are doing, and there's always at least one or two days, uh, one day of the week where museums are free. You know, like free on Tuesdays or whatever. Yeah, the hammer used to always be free on Tuesday, but now it's yeah. free all the time. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Mocha, I think, is free one of the days of the week. But uh, so yeah, it's 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 like. It started out as, like, a lot of zines, and now it's just these small press companies. Yeah, I noticed that. There were, like, so many so many of those, like, something press company. This, yeah. And they all had, like, these... And and it was... I mean, everything kind of looked the same, like you were pointing yeah. out, too. You were just like, this looks like that, that looks like that. Yeah. You'd walk by these tables. I mean, everything. Like, the, the covers of the books, yeah. the design of a lot of things the people yeah. all looked the same it was like a lot of very like emaciated pasty looking people yeah. with unique looking glasses <laughs> and like you know asymmetrical haircuts yeah. and you know weird tattoos yeah um it just kind of staring mm-hmm. no one really was excited yeah everyone was kind of just like we're maintaining we're we're we, I, we took extra anxiety medication i like uh <laughs> This was the first year where I was like... What year is this of the book fair? I want to say four. Oh, that's it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, because it it's been... Like- they've had it in New York for a while. Okay. And you got to understand, most of the people there are people that... Pro- that I, I, would, I would gauge a large portion of the people there were either educated in New York... Right. ...at an art school or a very expensive liberal art school... Yeah. ...or have moved there and lived there. It's a very, like... Because it's the art world and the, the the most important city in the art world is New York City, so... Yeah. It, it, they had the book fair there forever, uh, for a while at least, uh, sponsored by Printed Matter. and But the first year it was here, it was huge, immediately. Yeah. And so I think this is the fourth year. And I, I initially, in the last couple of years, it used to be my fucking favorite thing... Like, I used to get so stoked on it. I'd go every single day yeah. for hours. And this year, and I'm, I, I don't, I'm not going to say who I was talking to about this, Ed and Deanna, but it felt like... <laughs> so it was just like, mumbled what sounded like two names. But, <laughs> yeah. okay. It just was like, you know, this is... I don't know about... It feels too... There, I don't, It's gone. It's peaked. It's gone over. It's not like peaked. It's just like... It's too commercial now, bro. I saw a lot of tables with the same <laughs> books they had last year, uh-huh. the same T-shirts, the same products. Really? And it's in it, and there was a lack. I, I didn't feel. And okay, this is just this is really just my opinion. Yeah. There's like a lack of like emotional sincerity with some of this stuff. What do you mean? It now I don't. I'm not like buying the stuff and reading it. So, but like. You look at it, and you you listen. I I'll walk around for hours of this thing, yeah. And I hear people explain some of it, right? To someone who's like, "Oh, tell me about this," and they'll be like, "I heard a guy. He's like, uh, this guy. Um, he photographs uh, <laughs> uh, VW Eurobuses that he sees in and around his home in upstate New York, and and, and like that's, the, that's book. the book, yeah. 
And it's like a coolish looking book. And this is the kind of thing I used to buy a lot of all the time. Yeah. And now when I open it, I'm just like, I I don't know. I don't. This doesn't look like this guy gives a shit. Why should I give a shit? Right. It's a lot of like kind of blurry photography or like type. And, and it's very clean looking uh-huh. and very like professional and cold and, and just like it's cool looking. It's cool. It's stuff that you, if you have it, it makes you look kind of smart. But I just like it. I, I don't know. It's hard to describe what about it. I mean, I walked around for hours, barely picked anything up, and didn't buy a goddamn thing. And yeah. I love buying stuff. Oh, yeah, from things like that. I love yeah. buying... No, from anywhere. From, I love yeah. buying things. I love buying things. I had. I gave myself a budget. I had cash. Yeah. I was like, let's go to the book fair, and I left with nothing. Yeah, I had a hard time getting... I ended up leaving with a couple of things, but like... Um, from the zine room, though. Yeah, I wanted I wanted some kind of print to put on my wall, but I re- I really couldn't find anything that was like that's unique and original. And I'm not like Mr. Art Snob by yeah. fucking any means, but still there were things where I was like that doesn't look special. That doesn't no. look like I like I can't leave without having that. No, it's all kind of amb- it was like ambiguous and 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 yeah. designy or and kind yeah, of too straightforward. Computer done. Yeah, a you bit. did that. Like I don't want to look at something that that kind of reads like a Facebook flyer. Yeah, or like you did that last week and it took you ninety minutes. A lot of it, a lot of what uh, people were selling as art looked like a very simple. A uh, refined flyer for an electronic music show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With t- two artists, yep. and it's taking place downtown in a loft yeah. on like a weekday. A lot of what you see sold is like a single color blurry print of like a, a tire in like green. And you're like, uh-huh. Yeah. Like it's just – I like, and I – it's not that I don't get it. I just don't find myself drawn to it. Whereas like we, we stopped – or I, we, I pointed out – uh, the one table of my this artist this friend of mine Masaki Kawai who did the big huge mural uh-huh. if you search LAR book fair and you look up people's pictures that they took on Instagram you'll see this giant mural she did on the wall it's like the big main one of the big main rooms yeah and like her stuff to me draws me in immediately yeah her stuff is pretty interesting because it's like hers and it's individual and she right. obviously made it herself and cares and, and you know I don't know it that I didn't feel that from a lot of other places. There's a lot of stuff that's just like really repetitive, like a a kind of ironic take on Snoopy or Bart Simpson, and yeah. then like a brick pattern. Well, there's a lot of like the, um, and you see it all over kind of online too. There's a lot of like the maiming of beloved pop culture cartoons yeah. going on, where and you take like the Flintstones or the it's happening with the Simpsons a lot, or like really yeah. popular. Uh, uh, spokespeople that are cart like Ronald McDonald and things like that and they take them and then they make them gay or like they're on yeah. they're doing drugs or they're like fucking someone yeah and then that's that's the art movement and that I don't that to me is incredibly lazy yeah it's like it's shock value and it catches your eye at first but then you're like I it's mean, like kid stuff man yeah and I'll be quite honest with you a lot of that cartoon stuff is driven by the fact that it's really easy to draw so a yeah. lot of people gravitate towards doing that because it's just easy to execute. Yeah. And being a, an artist who's also occasionally extremely lazy, right? I understand, I look at that and I'm like, I know what you're doing over there. Well, yeah, it's, it's also like it's eye-catching without having to try. I guess it, there's laziness in that too. It's yeah. like eye-catching without you having to be unique or original. When you're scrolling and you go, wait, what was Bart Simpson just doing? Yeah. It was something not Bart-like. Yeah. 
I um, fa- so I found myself a little left a bit cold yeah. <laughs> at the LAR book fair, which is weird because I fucking usually really love. I mean, there's still there's some good stuff there, like the you know the bookstore family had a, a good table with some cool stuff. Yeah, but I go to their store anyway, so it's not like I yeah. need yeah, to I, see I it. Yeah, I mean, I liked it. I just thought I would like there'd be more that I would I would I thought I would leave wanting more things that I could no in no way afford. Most of what I saw there that I liked was like vintage poster stuff. Yeah, there was some cool. Like mu- old mu- like older museum posters or that new order poster we saw or yeah. like things like that that were like, you know, old old museum catalogs. Uh, that fear exhibit. Oh, the that, that was the was, best thing there. That was incredible. There's like the band fear um either someone or a collection of people had a bunch of fear it was memorabilia it was like he this guy had all this stuff cataloging the early la punk scene yeah and it was great shit i mean just such good shit yeah it yeah. was it was unreal. Like these all these old ass stickers and like uh, yeah, just like the germs and fear, yeah, subhumans, and X, and, and all those. Bands. It was insane. Yeah, it was really rad looking. But yeah, the way it was all laid out was really interesting. It's like you walked into it felt like its own museum. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it was in the middle of the whole thing. But you walked in there and you forgot you were at the book fair. And that's what I feel like some of the other stuff there just lacked. And to be f- and interestingly enough, zines came out of the punk movement. Yeah, yeah. For a, in, a, in a large way, like in but in the reason they were making that shit is because regular magazines weren't going to talk about those bands. Right. It was that sincerity that spawned that thing, and so it's like you took that movement, that kind of dirtbag Xerox zine movement. You ran it through hundred thousand dollar art fine, fine art masters programs at Yale, right? And you get these cold books about I don't know what the fuck, and yeah. I don't buy them. Whereas like you and I both went into that that area and we're like, this is fucking dope. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because you kind of like you felt the I don't know. It sounds so corny, but you just felt like the hands on human element of it a little more. Yeah, there was no like desperation in a way where it's like we got to get our thoughts out it, like that's why a zine would be made yeah originally it's like we we don't have the money and no one will give us the attention so we're going to do this on our own and put it out and you can feel that in it as where this was just like zines are cool again let's make those the problem with extremely high-end art education is it routinely makes it especially after you graduate when you're not that far out of art school you really want to prove to people you're smart. Right. And, and a lot of times doing that, and what they do in the art world, be, uh, a way to prove you're smart is by making things that are kind of just ambiguous. Right. And it's a lot of fucking really high-minded writing. But when you actually look at the stuff, you're like, well, I don't... Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a blurry photograph of like a dirt, of some dirt, and yeah. whatever. And it, it it takes a lot of the sincerity out of it. I was talking to, about this with an artist friend of mine uh and it there's a lack of sincere there's what's popular right now in art in painting is like a g- formalist abstraction so like like squares painting yeah. you paint some squares and shit and so right. it's really messy and uh it's really really popular right now so lots and lots and lots and lots of artists are doing it 
And some other artist came up with the best uh, term for it. He called it zombie formalism. Yeah. Because it's not... I mean, and the thing is, I do some of that stuff. I've made some of that stuff. And I know for the most part, a lot of times when you're doing it, it's because you can't think of anything to do and you just want to make something. Uh But, like, it's just really, really popular right now. And so there's tons of it. It just doesn't feel super sincere. Like, I'm like, okay, tell me... There's some artists who, like, when they paint, like, a giant flat yellow canvas, it's because they're obsessed with color. Right. And you can kind of tell. Like, no, 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 no. You're obsessed with color, and you're so geeked on it. You just wanted to, like, make this huge thing so when people stood in front of it, they got, like, engulfed. Right. And 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 it, you can tell the difference. But what I see a lot of now is, like, oh, you guys are just fucking around trying to sell shit. Right. Which is fine. I understand wanting to be popular and, and, and sell art. But there's just like a lack of, um, I don't know, like a lack of sincerity. Whereas when you see even like in some, the zine room at that thing gets kind of clowned on because it's a little dopey. Right. And some of it's sort of like, I don't know, childish. But there is a little more, it feels a little more, within that childishness, it feels more sincere to me. Right. Whereas like, it, it some of it's like super whatever and, and lazy and, and, you know, really ch- like quick drawings of Snoopy or whatever. But then some of it is really sincere. And like, you can tell like, whereas maybe that person didn't get like a master's degree from a very expensive art school. They're really into what they're doing and they fucking work really hard on it. Uh And they, and so, and you can kind of feel that when you look at it. Whereas other, that that, that other stuff just feels like, I don't know. It it feels it. I don't, I don't get a sense of the human involved at all. Right. It feels like it was made by like a committee of 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 very intelligent people trying not to offend or look dumb. Right. Yeah, I didn't even like all the L.A. art art books. Yeah. Because like, that that I was just like, oh, these these will probably be cool. But they like they either all depicted Los Angeles in the exact same way, mm-hmm. um, which was kind of boring. <laughs> but I I even tried to remove myself from it, where I was like, okay. Well, let's pretend like I'm not someone who's from here or has lived here for a long time. Or I'm like, I, I'm looking at this book somewhere in Illinois, you know, yeah. or like fucking Atlanta. Even then, I'm like, I've seen these images all the time. Like there was like um, a shot of this. Was a, it was a photography book and it was a shot of one of like a newspaper stand mm-hmm. that had L.A. Express on it. Yep, you know, classic. and it was like, you know, kind of dirty sidewalk, and the newspaper stand was like bright red, so the contrast was kind of cool, and it was like yeah. sort of everything was like either very sunny or like an afternoon, so it's very like you know Los Angeles paradise kind of weather, so like yeah. everything had that going where you're like, okay, we're outdoors in L.A. I get that. Every single one was that. Palm, was palm trees everywhere. Something that said Los Angeles on it, where you're yeah. like, the cover says Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, like you fucking hack. Get into the inside and show me like the Los Angeles you don't really yeah see all the time. There's so many. I mean, because if you really want to like take L.A. on differently, which I have to always defend L.A. when yeah. I'm on the road or people just moved here and they go, I don't know what you see in the city, and I go, well, then sit down for 30 minutes and let me fucking educate you. Because you're looking at this city in one way only. Yeah. And that's what a lot of those books were doing. They were looking at it in the way that people judge L.A., but they were kind of trying to flip it and go like, but it's so pretty. And it's a lot, I think a lot of it is because a lot of these guys just moved out here. Yeah. And they're like now taking that on where they go, like, oh, yeah, fine. It's super sunny, but we have culture in New York. And now they're going like, love the sunlight, can't get enough of it, beach culture. 
Well, it's also that kind of. But that's all they know of it so far. It's it's almost in the weird. It's it's like, it's not even like beach culture necessarily, but it's that like mellowness, right? That like, oh no, there's like a the space here. It's about like space and like yeah, doing what you want and like creating. So it's it's it, but it, it's it's almost like a Sofia Coppola movie where it's everyone's sort of bored and it's about like, yeah. well, what are you going to be? <laughs> right. And it, and again, it's because LA is in the last, I don't know, five years become a really big art city. Yeah. And there's so, some times article like a while back that was talking about how many people are leaving New York for LA when it used to be the opposite. People would leave yeah. LA for New York to pursue art and on whatever degree and that, cause that's where the center of art was, you know, yeah. in a lot of different ways. But now everyone's fleeing New York and coming here because it's cheaper, there's more space, all that stuff. So now, like you said, there's this like burgeoning art scene in Los Angeles and people are all of a sudden in love with L.A. Oh, it's more mellow. Yeah. Oh, the weather, you could be outside, you could be inspired by different things. Yeah. Well, it became sort of cooler. It's now sort of cooler to be an artist and not live in New York. Yeah. And... The fact that you don't have to. You're like, uh, yeah, I don't find New York inspiring anymore. So, like, I live in Marfa. Like, right. that's way cooler. Or just, like, a right, weird right, place. Right. You yeah. know, like, oh, I live in Ojai. But L.A. is that, too. Like, no, you have a New York gallery, but, like, I live in L.A. Right. Like, it became like a... And if you got successful as an artist, you could buy a fucking house out here. Right. You know, and so, as opposed to living in a, a beautiful $1.5 million one-bedroom <laughs> apartment in New York City. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, but yeah, I don't. I, and it, people's interp new artists who haven't lived here long, their interpretation of L. A. I'm not interested in on any level. Yeah, I, I wasn't. But I mean, I just kept seeing so many books about it. Yeah, that would have like palm trees on it or the word Los Angeles. Well, in one also way or that there's a there's a few trends in in printing also. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, gradation. Big trend, it, yeah. and you've I've seen it at the at that book fair. What does for, that do? What does that mean? Just like uh, things printed, like you'll see like a, a sign, and it'll be a full rainbow spectrum printed on the sign, and then it'll have yeah. black type over the top of it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Very popular. It's right. it's it's imitating the 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 signs that would advertise like uh, Mexican like concerts. Okay, that you would yeah. see like nailed telephone poles. Yeah. So that became a trend for a while. And that printing is easy, very easy to find and get done in L.A. So you saw a lot of art stuff that looked like that. Yeah. And then that printing also, that kind of uh, dot matrix gradation printing got very hip. Right. And that's a really great way to print a sunset. Yeah. So you got you saw a lot of like pictures of sunsets. They look kind of like Instagram, but on like a piece of poster oh, yeah, board. Yeah, a lot of that. And they're kind of like pretty. And then... The word Los Angeles got very popular because Gothic type got very popular. Right. Mostly because of this artist, or a lot of because of this artist named Callie DeWitt, uh-huh. who uh, does did these really great sweatshirts at the book fair like four years ago. And then by now, then, then this year, by now, tons of people are just ripping them off. Right. But Los Angeles and Gothic type looks really cool, and people think it's referencing, you know, gang culture because they use some Gothic type and some tags and shit. Right. So that's why that became popular. But a lot of it has to... Some of these... Why stuff looks so similar has a lot to do with the cost of various types of printing. Yeah. So digital printing got way cheap, especially in China. So it made it so you could print photo books really cheap. Uh-huh. But only certain kind of photography... Like photography looks really good digital printing, but like painting doesn't necessarily. Paintings don't look that good in that, on that kind of paper. So you don't see a lot of people making books about painting, but photos look really good. 
So and then everyone was making these photo books, but some of the photographers aren't terribly interesting or good, so it's a lot of like blurry photos that borderline look like they were taken with an iPhone. Right. But they're like a photo book and it's just kind of there and you're like, "Okay," and you you're like, "Oh," and you get kind of tricked being like, "Oh, this is cool." And then you buy it, it's 20 bucks, and then you take it home, you flip through it once, and then it sits on your shelf. I can, I have 10 of them. And I have right. at least 10 of those kind of books that I've bought over the years where I'm like, "Dude, yeah. dope." Cuz I for a long time was really into that kind of like art about the kind of boring parts of life or really simple things. And, but there's yeah. some people that do it really, really well. Ed does it really well. Yeah, yeah. Finding tiny moments. You know, like Jurgen Teller, people like that. Yeah. They find, like, they find those moments. They're really good at it. But everyone thinks they can do it now. Yeah. And so there's a lot of shit where you're like, I don't get why that photo of a tire, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. Like an old bike, who cares? Yeah, like a picture of an LA Express thing. Like I've seen that a billion times. Right. And it just doesn't feel, I don't know, man. I want to be like, do you care about this a lot? <laughs> and tell me why. Yeah, there were a bunch of those types of books where I flipped through and I was, I would just like pick up random ones like where I, the, the 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 coverage said nothing it was like yeah it, bright orange and then it had some <laughs> word yeah some word that looked like it was in german and like some sim like hell well that's very trendy too like i don't i don't want to put my yeah. work on the cover i'll just put the title it the just says like gorgon yeah you're the like, title's okay. <laughs> very vague it'll just say passage and you're like all right well yeah or just yeah just some word that you don't even know and i was like well i guess i'm picking that yeah up. and you pick it up and you're like oh it's actually not bad i mean this is like interesting weird photographs in here but then halfway through you're like will i ever pick this up again Mm -hmm. after i look at it once and then there's another one next to it that's exactly the same yeah yeah i mean when we were walking around you would stop at tables and i'd be like what is he stopping for everything's the same yeah 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 (laughs) like because i yeah you were moving so but i was like well you were here the day before so maybe you but also that it's that, that the fucking fair is groundhog day at this point yeah yeah at least to me it felt like that yeah i mean there was a lot where i mean every table but then, for me, I didn't... I mean, every table looked the same, but I'm like, well, they gotta be... They have to be some differences and like, you know... And there is, thematically. But, yeah. So I'd stop at one, and I was like, okay, and then I'd pick another one up, and I'm like, all right, this isn't like, you know, outdoor stuff, or this isn't, you know, things from the 70s, or, or whatever it was. But even then, it was all very similar. They... The two tables next to each other could have been one yes. thing, one exhibit, one one. There person. could have been rooms that were one person. Yeah, and you would have never really known. No. So, but yeah, and, and then I learned that as I stopped at random things and picked them up, and I was like, okay. And then we went into you know other rooms that were a little more interesting, the zine area, and then like the that punk exhibit, and then whatever yeah. that like room was that was sort of outdoors with the t-shirts that yeah. looked very yeah kind of like. 90s sort of yeah vice punk rockish it, one of the people in that, that was kind of cool one of the the tables in that little outdoor area is one of the companies that is one of the first to really they're called eight ball yeah eight ball zines and yeah. they did this thing in new york where they took over one of those little like liquor stores in a subway yeah that like you know went out of business and they just occupied it for like a month or two and had like a mini art book store that's cool yeah and and they're one of the ones that kind of caught on a little early because yeah. what they were doing was different at the time. Right. And then everyone's sort of slowly been like, oh, this is not necessarily ripped them off, but like, oh, this this printing is very inexpensive. We can make our own stuff. But, I mean, the cool thing about that stuff and printing being cheap is it allows you to make anything you want. Yeah. The problem with 
being able to make anything you want is you can make anything you, you want. want. Yeah. And that there's no filter there's can be no. crippling. And it's a lot of time it can be crippling in that it makes you make something really too specific and kind of gross and weird right. or way too vague. Yeah. There's nothing that's stopping you and going like, all right, is this really worth my time or can I afford if I'm going to spend this money on it? If it's like free to make, you yeah. can just make anything without stopping to go, well, a, a, a guy I, I was talking to once, he's a, he's a very famous graphic designer. We were, he was talking about, I, I think I've mentioned this before, but that because everyone can make their own stuff now, it, it's kind of bad for creativity because the stakes are very low. It, it doesn't matter if it's amazing. It doesn't matter if it's terrible. Because if it's te- either one, you just you can make another one. And yeah. everything's sort of cheap. I mean, it's like pins. You and I are super into pins. Right. And they're very popular right now. Oh, yeah. And some of them are so great. And some of them are so stupid. Some of them are just <laughs> like, you're like, why did you make that? Yeah. Because it doesn't matter. It's $5. Yeah. It does, And it costs them $3. And so there's just not like, and the the person I was talking to with, he was saying, you know, when you have like a big client or you're doing, this guy's worked for very large clients. He's like, when it's a, a big client or you have like a actual show, it matters because a lot of people are going to see it. Yeah. And so the stakes are higher and it makes you be more creative and try harder. But that now that any artist can put anything on a, on a anything <laughs> and sell it yeah. for v- close to nothing has made it so that like it's cheap in art it's cheap in what artists get paid i was i did this interview for for print the other day Uh and i was complaining about this i was like i see artists on instagram selling shit for so little money it drives me nuts Mm -hmm. and and you know they'll be like for the next hour these these drawings that didn't take me any time are 30 bucks and i'm like yeah i get that they only took you an hour but it took you an hour and 20 years of training and practice yeah, it's like doctors don't do that. It's like I, I just I, it it bothers me when I see someone who's talented giving their shit away for nothing. Right. But what choice kind of do they have? Where like you can the the guy I was talking to is like what he had learned because he at one point had a small thing with make products and stuff. Because I was talking, I was like, you know, I'm thinking of making stuff. And he goes, what I noticed is I could either sell a lot of stuff for a little money or a few things for a lot of money that uh-huh. are higher quality about the same amount of money you get yeah and but you just have to pick can you make like 10 really nice things that are kind of expensive or a hundred cheap things yeah and you just kind of pick but the people that pick to make a hundred cheap things i think then it makes it almost impossible for them to sell expensive things i mean maybe it just depends on how you're doing it i guess yeah because you got to think that you can like you can lure a customer base in or fans or whatever you want to call them in with like whatever it is you make, whether it's like music or paintings, drawings or comedy or fucking pins or whatever you name it. Yeah. So you can make a lot of little things for a period of time that are, you know, affordable and then people can go, Oh, I like what this guy does. Hey guys, check it out. This shirt's only 10 bucks. He makes pins for three. He's drawings for 20. You do that for a little bit and then you could like, you know, periodically, have a bigger show or sell bigger pieces for more money and in that year if you're collecting fans you know the more and more you get you'll probably have a few that will pay like more money for the larger i wonder piece i mean i i i, I don't 
Because that's how it is with like big, like really, say, take really famous musicians versus like these young new guys that don't even live in like the big cities and have record deals, let's say. They can put out singles for free on SoundCloud or, yeah. or iTunes or whatever, and people will listen and it's not really costing them money and they're not going to get anything. And they're going to go, well, no one's going to buy our shit on iTunes because everyone uses fucking Spotify. Who's going to do it? But if Taylor Swift, if you want to take the biggest, furthest extreme example, she has so many fans that have kind of been growing and, and, and sticking with her the entire time that just numbers alone are going to tell you that there are, out of those millions, there are enough that will spend the money. Yeah. But like your young upstart artist won't have that. They'll have a thousand fans and like say 20 will buy, will spend the large amount of money. Yeah. But if you keep, you know, putting things out and people like keep coming back and they go, this guy's productive. He does stuff and it's affordable and it's good. Like that, those, your, your numbers will grow. You know, you'll, a thousand will turn into a hundred thousand. And then when you put out like something big that took time and cost money, more people will get it and like you'll make it back. Arguably, you never know. I mean, you also have to be good. Yeah. Some people could be like, that's my plan, but then you go, well, it sucks. It's just <laughs> a problem with. I mean, I, want, I think about this a lot because I don't know. I can't decide how to approach my own work. Yeah. Because people ask me this a lot. Do you sell your work? And right now I just say no. Yeah. Because I don't. And I, because I, I literally don't know what it should cost. Yeah. I, in my head, I know what I would like it to cost. Yeah, and even what you probably think and know what you want it to cost is keeps changing versus what the realistic price tag is now. Because some yeah. people go, well, I wouldn't pay that because all this costs this much now. Everything keeps getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper, yeah. which has nothing to do with the actual value of what you make yeah. and what you want to sell it for. But And every month, every year, that keeps changing, and it's hard to like – Come up with and what also, something is worth. It's a completely made up market. Right, yeah. And that actually reminds me of what I experienced at Inspiration a little bit. Mm-hmm. Was I, ha- again, had a, a, a small budget, smaller than usual because of my vet bills are insane. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> I'm allowed to spend this much this weekend. Uh-huh. And I was like, I'm on the lookout mostly for skateboard stuff. Yeah. Because skateboard stuff, I love. I love it a lot. And the great thing about it is it's not exorbitantly expensive because it's not yeah. super vintage and a lot of it is plastic or we're talking about t-shirts. Yeah. So to a certain degree, it, it's you're a not, super niche market. Yeah. You're not breaking yeah. the bank. Well, I go to inspiration and I, I, I happen <laughs> upon a booth that has five or six bangers of vintage skate t-shirts. And I'm like, yeah, oh. I mean, these things were great. Yeah. One was an eighties, Jeff Grosso, Santa Cruz, uh-huh. Fucking shirt. Is that the same one with the Vision skateboard shirt? Do you see that? The white one? Yeah. Okay, yeah, same booth. And 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 then the guy had the the best one he had was a brand X mm-hmm. shirt. Brand X skateboards was kind of a small company yeah. that like all their graphics were like they were just the perfect prototypical like skull with guts. Like, you know, like like swirly eighty shit. They were just great. And I was like, man, these are good. And I knew they were out of my price range, but I was just curious. And I also knew they were out of my price range because the guy running the booth was Japanese. And I was like, well, I am fucked here. Yeah. So I go, how much for the, the Grosso? And he goes, 550 And I was like, you know what? God damn it. Yeah. You're ruining it. And we're not talking $5.50. No, $550. Yeah. Bucks 550 For a shirt that cost $10 in 1985. Yeah. And look, 
I get that this shit isn't around anymore, but the reproduction is, and it's $25, and it's still a screen-printed T-shirt that you can wear. Yeah. And what bothers me, what bothered me about it was this. You're taking, like, the a culture that is basically for dirtbags, and now you're taking the artifacts of it, and now only, like, wealthy people can afford the old shit they had. Right. If you're spending five fifty on a T-shirt, you've got to be doing really well. Oh yeah, yeah. Because what are you gonna? Okay, you either buy it for two reasons: you're gonna wear it. Yeah. You're buying a five hundred fifty dollar fucking T-shirt. Yeah. You got a lot of money that you're gonna wear, or you're buying it to like flip, which fuck you. Yeah. Or frame or something. Okay, may, if you're yeah. buying it to frame it, I'm down for it as five hundred bucks. Yeah. Like that brand X one was rare as shit, and it's like if you just want to toss that in some weird frame, I get it. Yeah. Or it's like. I can understand going that heavy on a board you had. Like uh-huh. that, that's, I can do that in my head that I, I can trick myself into that. Whereas like if it's a deck I had or a deck I wanted and didn't get and it's a lot, I'm like, yeah, but I had it. That's, but still, yeah. it's still like, it was like kid shit. It was the stuff you did as a kid and it wasn't expensive. And there's something that I really, I don't know, it bothered me. It bothered me that they're like, oh, well now it's like gone. Now it's just yeah. this weird thing that's gonna it's it's become an inflated market. Well, what the th- I mean, what they're doing is that I mean th- these vintage people have gone from in certain ways in certain regards they've gone from appreciating and kind of trading this stuff to just flat out commercializing it. Yeah. So instead of going like yeah, it's a little bit more money. It's like you know seventy five or a hundred dollars versus the twenty it cost in nineteen eighty five or whatever. Now it's. 500 where you're yeah. like come on this is like walking into a fucking high-end mall yeah and seeing like a louis vuitton bag or purse you're like i'm gonna get my wife something and then yeah. you see purses and you're like five grand like this isn't even fair like now you're experiencing that stuff with vintage because vintage is popular now yeah it's like a thing to like go after it's like these are prized possessions instead of like oh that's what like artsy kids in the hipster neighborhoods do regular your average person knows the word vintage they're hearing the words you know thrift store shopping and like there's something cool about it now instead of like oh you shop at thrift stores you go we're going thrifting this weekend like it's a cool thing so the prices go up for stuff like that and then what you're used to you're used to seeing your average vintage store buys which are like your Pendleton flannels and your like beat up Levi's or Lee or Wrangler jackets or jeans or and like old worn you know like combat boots that's run of the mill there's so much of that that you can't charge $500 unless it's like a fucking pair of Levi's from 1905 or whenever the fuck you know they started but you're I mean no one's gonna buy that anyway that's just for like collectors so you can't tell someone that's a seven hundred dollar Pendleton shirt because like, well, that fucking booth over there has yeah. fifty five Pendleton shirts. I, I'm not paying it. But so now people are finding really unique, obscure things to get super into. You know, you get like weird fur-lined jackets that no one's really ever going to wear unless you live in, like, Minnesota. Those are more expensive because Pendleton made a run of those for, like, six months. Now you can charge more for that. Skateboarding is a huge one because it's such an obscure market that it was, like, big in Southern California. It didn't get huge nationwide or worldwide until, like, the arguably the 90s is when it got big. It got big big in the 80s and died in the 90s. And that's the secret to things getting expensive because no one saved any of it. Right. It went away. So tons of people that bought that shit just threw those shirts away. 
Yeah, yeah. But now that it's like, I mean, there's a nostalgia to it. Like there's this skateboarding celebrities now. Yeah. You know, there's people that are like, you know, known for that on like a, on a, on a very famous like level. So these vintage guys are like skateboarding's a thing, or they've turned surfing into that now. Surfing has become yeah. Like, th- there's like a vintage, there's like a romance to it. You'll see, like you'll walk by these booths and they'll be like surfboards standing up in there. Which are, at first you're like, whoa, that's not a motorcycle. This yeah. should be a Harley Davidson. But yeah. how many more Harleys are we going to see? How many more Eagles and semi trucks on T-shirts yeah. are we going to see before we go? One hundred twenty dollars is stupid for that. But if you see like a surfing shirt from the 70s that says Hawaii or Fiji or even Los Angeles and it has that like 60s or 70s looking font and like you know beat up old fucking trees and like an old truck you know it'll it'll make a vintage truck look cool because the setting's different now it's not a truck in front of a diner in the Midwest yeah you know with some fucking rugged looking dude with a jacket it's in front of the Santa Monica Pier with a dude holding a surfboard all of a sudden it's different and yeah, here's $180 because I haven't seen a lot of that. Same thing's happening with skateboarding. Yeah. Another big buzzword I noticed this year because I went both days. Uh-huh. And I heard it a little bit the first day and then I heard it a lot the next day because there's just more people. Um, dead stock is now the new word. Dead stock. Yeah. Everyone's using. That's like the big word that lets you know, hey, dude, this isn't just vintage. It's dead stock vintage, yeah. which is supposed to mean that this was available for sale. But this specific thing you're looking at was never even touched. It was never wrapped. It was never worn. It's still in its packaging, and it's made by Wrangler. Yeah. But no one ever touched it. It's dead stock. It sat in a storeroom. Yeah. Never even saw the showroom floors. That's how vintage this is. They used to is. call that new old stock. Right, yeah, yeah. You see that a lot. I mean, just what yeah. bothers me about it is because now the guy that buys – the five hundred dollars skate T shirt, right? To flip it, needs to make money on it, right? So now he's going to sell it for seven hundred, right? And he's not, he can't take less unless, unless the market fucking just dies. Yeah, then he's got to just get rid of it. But so now that's the new fucking normal, right? So people like me are just like, well, then yeah. And the, I mean, the Japanese and their love of Americana is not helping either because those guys will come over here with like. I mean, pockets full of cash. I see them at, at the Rose Bowl flea market. They'll pull out a pocket full of hundreds. It's like they have $7,000. And they'll go over to a guy selling leather jackets and they'll go, how much for these four? And they'll go, that's seven fifty. that's 500 that's 900 and this one's 300 And the guy will just go, um, I'll take all of them for like 1800 or whatever. Yeah. It is. And the guy will go, oh. and then they'll negotiate some fee. And they're talking about it like we're negotiating the difference between $20 and 35 Yeah, And they just hand over $1,800 leave with all these jackets and then you see them online later for you know 1500 a piece at some vintage place in in, in tokyo one of my friends uh, he was at inspiration and he had a table at la art uh-huh. where he's working on a film that is about um J- japanese the japanese obsession with denim yeah and he said that 75 percent of all the vintage market and products is in japan at this point yeah and he said at one point he was I mean I hope not blowing his documentary. But he said he was interviewing a guy and he was like, What are you, what are those jeans? And the guy was like, They're nineteen twenties dead stock Levi's. And he goes, How much you pay for them? The guy goes, Eight grand <laughs> And he goes, Why eight. why would you pay eight grand? And the guy he said he paused for thirty seconds and he just goes, Color. <laughs> Color. Which and uh, this is uh, this sounds Jeez. like douchey, but I was talking to him at LA Art Book Fair at his booth mm. for his bookstore and uh Mike D was there, yeah. the Beastie Boys, yeah. and we were sort of. I was Mike D wasn't so much talking to me so much he was talking to my friend, 
and he was like, you know, you've been to a Japan a bunch of times. What what do you think the deal is with like the the way in which not only do they like get obsessed with the thing, but then they learn how to make it and then they do it better. Yeah, like their attention to detail, That's like crazy. they figure that shit out. Yeah, they just do it. I mean, you can't talk shit. They just do it better. Yeah. Motorcycle stuff, everything. Yeah, and he goes, I he goes, I was there once and I asked a friend of mine who's Japanese, and and the guy said he goes, we don't have a god. <laughs> We have like Shinto or whatever it is, right? But we don't have a god, so we worship other stuff, right? And like focus on it in a different. We're just their attention to detail is different. It's a different yeah. cultural thing. But yeah, you can. I mean, whenever I'm on Instagram, I'll uh, I love the explore button because I get to see a lot of shit. Yeah, I will see some incredible skate thing. I'm like, oh, let me buy that. It's all, and then I look and it's Japanese type. I'm like, can't afford it. Yeah. I mean, that, the first time I ever even knew that things were more expensive in Japan, I was in Art Center. This is 1999, right. and my friend Simon Chow had what I didn't... He had 501 double X's with, re, with red line. Right. And I was like, oh, those are cool. And I go, where'd you get those? He goes, oh, I got them in Japan. They were 500 bucks. And I was like, what the fuck? Jeez. This is in 1999. And he, got, and he goes, I got paint on them. <laughs> and he was oh. the first one I ever saw wearing Red Wings. As like a fashion thing. Right. And I was like, I, I remember his jeans and his Red Wings stuck in my head for like six years before I actually bought a pair. Right. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, Simon was doing that. Fuck. It's that dad style thing. He was doing that shit in 1998. Right. Like, because they were on that. They've been on that shit forever. And then what was it? Dave was saying that it had something to do with the, J- the Japanese obsession with workwear has something to do with. After World War II, uh-huh. there was a lot of American soldiers who didn't fight in the war, but just were just there, right? At, like kind of there to like help rebuild, and were there because we were like you know we'd won or whatever. Yeah, and they were like these strapping young men wearing Levi's, right? And it, and it that's what kind of started the. It's interesting that they're obsessed with like uh, McQueen yeah. and James Dean, but don't give a shit about Marlon Brando for some reason. Yeah, I mean, the, well, the American like influence in Japan like lasted for a while after the war, so I mean that has to have something to do with it. Yeah, which is weird because you think that they, I mean, we destroyed their country. But uh, <laughs> the, Mike D from the Beastie Boys said something. It's like well, you got to understand that like California, especially, has something that Japan doesn't have, which is space, right? Freedom, like right. culture. It's a very they have a very specific culture there, and right. there's just a lot of like cultural rules and it's just different so it's that kind of rebel mentality i mean john hughes told me the story where he was there uh promoting home alone one Uh of the home alones yeah and he there was a punk band playing in the street and they were like you know there's a mosh pit and everyone's uh, like slam dancing and he got knocked over he fell down he was like you know in his 40s and the punk band stopped playing and all the japanese punks were like sorry 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 and like picked him up and he was like, no, you guys don't understand. You should be excited that you knocked over an old person. You yeah, guys are getting yeah. this wrong. That's <laughs> like, funny. They kind of, they can get the style right almost perfectly, but culturally yeah. it's still different. They can mimic it, but there's no like soul. They're not like burning things yeah. down. Or there is soul, but it's just different. Yeah. I mean, the soul is in like the attention to detail. It's yeah. Not, you know, and the, it wasn't like inspired. It was kind of like copied, but in such a way where it's, you respect it because you're like, it's perfect. Yeah. They nailed it. Yeah. Um, which I mean is nice because sometimes you want you're like God I wish I could find a jacket like this that would fit yeah. me because the size is in the 40s and then you find a Japanese company that's doing reproductions that are so good you're like doesn't matter if it's new or old yeah. this new one is 
perfect. But then I don't. I think because it's so solely about style, right? That's why sometimes you see a lack of maybe cultural awareness when they're slapping swastikas on stuff. Right. You're like, this is exactly like the Hell's Angels did it. You're like, yeah, but hey. <laughs> I mean, I don't see a lot of new stuff with swastikas on. I don't really see the reproduction with. I mean, I do. Where? I mean, not like denim so much. Right. But like rings. A lot of rings with swastikas on them. Yeah. Leather jackets I see. And then just anything that's like kind of punky motorcycle style. It still right. pops up. They try to tilt it so it's the Navajo swastika. Right. But that, you know what I noticed a little more of this year at, at Inspiration as opposed to there was less swastikas this year uh-huh. and more Confederate flag stuff. Yeah. Because that's the new outlawed symbol. Right. So that's kind of the little bit of like that, that stuff seemed to be a little more like prized yeah. vintage stuff. Like remember yesteryear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know you have like a bigger problem with that kind of thing, but like, I mean, I... Especially in places like that, I see the, I see the reasoning behind it. Like they're not celebrating Nazism and they're not celebrating no. the Confederacy. They're just like, this is the way things were. Yeah, you know. And whether there's, I mean, you can look at, they can sell stuff that doesn't have that stuff on it, but that was used by the people that lived that lifestyle. You yeah, know? like you can see clothing that's from Nazi era, you know, Germany, or even like you know. Uh, the South during the Civil War and before and be like can, soldiers who believe that stuff or the people that lived during those times wore that shit. Yeah. You know, whether it has the flag on it or not, it's still that same era in history and like you're sort of like buying into it literally, you know, with your money. But, you know, flag or not, it's like, uh, you know. I don't know. It bothers me a little. Yeah. Just because, I mean, you know, I, you know I watch, I like Civil War stuff a lot. Right. Find it fascinating. And after a while, I'm just like, I get tired of like, Robert E. Lee was a brilliant general. It's like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Hitler was a good general. Like, I don't, if you're fighting towards a cause I find incredibly abhorrent, I don't care that you were rad at it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But you, you still need to acknowledge those things because you can't, if you keep like, pushing yourself away from like realities, then yeah. you eventually. You get to a point where you're removing the N word from Huck Finn. Well, yeah, it's it's, and I talk about that's like this, the slippery slope. You and I talked about this recently. It's like uh-huh. you are a product of your time, right? And there is a certain amount of awareness you don't have if it's not a thing that's happening at the time. Yeah, like it it took forever for me to stop calling things gay. Oh yeah, yeah. That I was still thing, do it sometimes. That was a thing you did. That was a thing I did in my teens. Yeah. I don't know every thirty seconds. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a like conservative estimate. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just you called every friend of yours a fag. Oh you yeah. Said things were gay a million times. Sure. And it just it, and you are you do become one of those like apologists where you're like yeah, but at the time we didn't know, and you want to say like someone could be like really you didn't know or you just weren't you're too lazy to think about it harder, and it's like a little bit of both, uh-huh. but. People have a. You're living a life. You're, it's hard to get yourself to like stop. You're too busy, especially as a teenager, right. worrying about everything to do with yourself. To be like, let's stop and be empathetic to someone I'm nothing like. Uh-huh. It, it's just not a thing that really happens. So you're insensitive. It, we were being insensitive, mm. but we didn't have a sense as much of a sense of its effect as we should, and that's why it happened. Right. And I think that's why when you look back historically. It's very easy to be like, you fuckers should have known better. Uh-huh. But they were a product of their time to right. a certain degree. 
Now, I'm not saying it was like, you know, I'm glad they hunt down all the, like, remaining living Nazi sympathizers and shit. Right. But, you know, when I mean, someone's I, like, I didn't yeah. know any, I didn't know, like, there was just a Confederate flag in my house all the time, and it was just always there. Yeah. And it just was there. I don't know why. It was just part of our life. Every, every but I think that's part of the responsibility now is to not just say that, yeah, that's bad, but to understand it, like, fully from all sides. To yeah. be like, you know, that is not you know, a okay thing to say or wear or do. Um, but not like say it and then just like kind of ignore it and pretend it's not there anymore. But like, yeah. you, you know, you have to like admit certain things and you have to like acknowledge certain things. Like if, you know, if you're watching something about like, say, like you said, Robert E. Lee and they go, they talk about how brilliant he was. You're like, those two things aren't mutually exclusive. Like yeah. the guy could have been a brilliant guy. But also a racist piece of shit who wanted yeah. to enslave humans. You know, yeah. those two things can exist at the same time, and you—it's almost more important to acknowledge them because these things are committed by humans. Yeah, you know. So, and that's what makes it scary is because you're—you notice the similarity. You go, "Well, I'm a human too, and what if I?" thought like that or what if i have other thoughts that are that dark and evil and twisted even though you don't you still have to be like those people were people what they did was wrong but to just like to be like i don't like it and i don't want to see it like if someone told you next year you you were going to inspiration and they said hey uh this year at inspiration we've banned all uh swastikas and confederate flags would you be okay with that would you think that's a good thing uh because if you if, I'd still go I don't know what I would think I'd be like ah it's a little I don't know it's a I, little, would, I would be I, you know what I'd be fine with it because it doesn't I'm not the one who is triggered by those symbols I'm not Jewish uh, and I'm not black but you are triggered by them in the sense that you find them like oh why are you you get uncomfortable well I would them? never buy one you know sure, what I yeah mean? but you get uncomfortable seeing them a little because I know that to some people yeah, those symbols aren't just a thing you see. They're like when the Confederate flag thing was happening. I don't know what was it six months ago or something uh-huh. when it was a big thing in the news. Yeah, you started hearing Black Americans be like, "That's our that's Black swastika." Just so you guys know, right. to us, that's the same as a swastika right. is to Jewish people. And you're like, I mean, yeah, yeah. So to me, if it bothers someone that much. It's not like I like it so much it, it would bother me if it's gone. In the same right. way that, like, Collington's gay. I'm like, hey, if it, I, I didn't realize I was fucking bothering people this much with it. It's only one thing. I don't care about it. If you want it gone, good. If it, yeah. it's fucking hurting people that much, get rid, I don't care. Get yeah. rid of it. Yeah, I mean, as far as, like, you know, it being on a state house, obviously it's yeah. like, get that off of there. But when you're at a vintage expo, I'm like, it, it doesn't. I mean, I've, I'm not black, but I've, you know, I've heard racial things said to me by people who've had that stuff in their homes. Yeah. You know, so there's a connection there for me every, every time I look at something like that, you know, every time I see a swastika or a Confederate flag or like hear racial slurs or see people that look like white supremacists. Yeah. I see that stuff and there's a part of me that remembers being a kid or a teenager and being in those environments where that dude's a fucking, you know, 
part of the Aryan Brotherhood or this or that. And I've, you know, I, I, it takes me to where I w- used to get very uncomfortable because, like in Tahunga and Sunland, there are a lot of those people yeah, that live friends. there. And I would have friends that had friends, or you'd end up being at a house where you go. I felt I didn't feel safe. Yeah, right. There were a lot of those times. And then, you, you know, sometimes you'd get like, what are you get questioned? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they'd say things to your face that were like racially really insensitive and stuff. I remember being at a house party once where this dude had a fucking giant Confederate flag in his garage where like he hung out. He, you know, came from like a broken home. He was like only his mom or dad were there. And and it was like this shitty house and like the garage was his and he had like fucking music equipment and like he was working on a piece of shit car or whatever yeah. and he had like a fucking confederate flag and like it was just one of those like homes that fostered that kind of hatred no one was yeah. there to be like that's not how people think anymore dude he just got in with the wrong crowd and then it turned into a lifestyle and i remember being there going like i can't get out of here fast enough yeah i'm not i'm scared for like, what if I get beat up for like not being white? Right yeah. Now? So every time I see stuff like that, I think that kind of thing. But a part of me does, you know. But when I go to like a vintage expo, I don't see. I don't sit there and see that. And then I look and go, that guy's probably a racist who's selling it, or you know, yeah. the guy looking at it to buy it's probably right. I go, this is just we're looking at history. Yeah. You know. I don't. I wouldn't have a problem with them banning it because inspiration is essentially a business right and in in you know when it comes to business and professional things like that that's when they take those things more into account you right. know what i mean They're yeah like, i mean yeah look i look i'm not what saying people whether... do in the privacy of their own homes you're allowed you're allowed to be as racist you want as you want in your own home yeah, yeah that's still different though i'm saying like like if you saw i mean i get that a business can do that and all that that's fine but like I still, if I went next year and they go, hey, we've banned all this, I'd go, that's a product of political correctness gone too far. It is a product. It would be a product of political correctness. But I imagine if... Because I never hear people complain there. No, it's just a thing I note. Well, I don't think they're the type... Because they're the type of people that are into that stuff, they're either used to it or it doesn't bother them at all. Right. And, you know, a lot of the people there are into... Southwestern art, right, and that symbol appears prior to the war, right, and his, you know, is a hundreds of it's a it's an incredibly old symbol, like a thousand years, right, yeah. crazy. So they maintain, like, no, that's not what this is. Yeah, I am, I am, this, I'm being historically accurate when I use it in this way, right, and it's a, you know, there is a distinction, and I've almost been like worn down by it after a while. Whereas yeah. now, when I see it. I used to like unfollow people on Instagram that I didn't realize they were kind of into that shit. Yeah. And then they'd make a thing. I'd be like, ah, come on. Yeah. And now I've almost been worn down by it. I can see, I mean, obviously like, you know, meanings and symbols change over time if they can, you know, they can be repurposed or tarnished or whatever. But I see some Southwestern stuff with the like original swastika and I don't, I don't even notice it. Yeah. And I go like, Sometimes it takes me a second. I go, oh, that's the that's the swastika, and sometimes it looks like too much like the German, the the not sorry, the Nazi swastika, and you go like, yeah, I wouldn't, well, I wouldn't, you know. yeah. Well, but a lot of times, times it's incorporated. It's more of a motif, right? Yeah. yeah, but yeah, and then sometimes you go like, okay, that's, I mean, that's fine. That clearly, when I look at that, I don't even, I can right away tell that was 
fucking 100 years before Nazi Germany. Yeah. So I don't even think like, whoa, dude, what are you even doing owning this kind yeah. of thing? But, but it's still a little weird to me in my head. Right. When someone's making something, you know, there's there's a Southwestern weaver. or a, And a, the thing is, a lot of, and also, a lot of Southwestern art's made by white people. Right. That are just kind of, they're inspired by Native American art. Mm-hmm. They're not Native American. Right. Like, I follow a handful of guys on Instagram who make Southwestern-style paintings. I like those kind of paintings. They're, they're, they're beautiful to me. Right. It's a lot of, like, white dudes who have decided they want to paint American Indians and, 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 and kind of copy that style of art. Which to me feels like, I like looking at it, but I wouldn't do it. Right. And it's odd to me in 2016 to incorporate a swastika in your design when you're obviously a talented enough designer that you could do something else. Mm-hmm. Like, is it worth it to be quote unquote authentic and also theoretically offend people? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, I guess that's where like the... I mean, there's going to be a line. It's just a personal decision. Yeah. There's always going to be a line drawn with that because yeah. there's going to be people that always see that and are always offended. Yeah. And there's people that are somewhere in between where they go like, I get what you're doing, but it's not for me. And there's yeah. people that are like, no, I'm, it's for me. It's about historical accuracy. Yeah. It's totally great. I mean, you're never going to you know, make everyone happy with that. But for me, I always like, I don't know. I always worry that people are just going to go so far with it that they just start banning because then you're going into censorship in the other direction true true i mean you don't want people you don't want the confederate flag on state houses that's that's too far in one direction but if you're saying like you know let's ban the use or the appearance of it in all kinds of other places then you're like well you get to a point where you're making it disappear because it's offensive and uncomfortable and politically incorrect. And then once it disappears, no one even – people start to forget the original reason. Really. Yeah. They go like, well, it's just a dark part of history. Why? Because it's racist. Why? And then you kind of forget the, 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 the human you know, aspect to it, the reasons why people are ignorant and make those mistakes. And you have to have a thorough understanding of why human beings do it. And so you really learn from it and don't do it again. You know, if you're reading, if kids from now on are reading Huck Finn and the N-word's not in there and you're not having like a thorough discussion on that word and why it was used then and why it's so awful. Yeah. Then, you know, you don't really ever fully understand at a young age why that's a vile word and the history behind it because you know, you don't come across it. Yeah. Like I'm glad I, I experienced in a way any racism that came at me and I grew up in the, with the eyes that I have, you know, because you can see how different you're treated and it's informed the way I treat other people and the way – you know, things look differently the way the world, you know, works as a whole. I don't like think of myself as like, you know, just a white guy who lives in America and has always just had it totally fine. And that's helped me understand that obviously came with some, you know, hurt and some pain and some discomfort growing up. Like I can never fully feel totally cool in an area where it's very white, you know, like not, and I can I blend in, which you know, fortunately for me. But I couldn't imagine that if I, if I was like very very ethnic looking. I yeah. can't speak for that because I couldn't imagine that. But like, I'm glad I got to do that because anytime I see anyone that like looks or or stands out or is different, 
I have some sort of empathy for that because I've like experienced that side of the world firsthand. And I think people that are very white and never have should have to on some way as opposed to like just make it disappear because then you never experience it at all. I mean, they, there was a thing in a, a Texas textbook company got in trouble mm-hmm. because in, in like one of the junior higher elementary school textbook, yeah. when they got to the slavery part, they referred to the slaves as workers. So, yeah, no. And they was just like, guys. That has to be from, yeah. I mean, I don't know where that came from, but I could see people going like, well, slavery is an inflammatory word. You know what I have a problem with? Or it's with? the South going like, we don't want to discuss, you know. I don't like that now on television, they all they refer to rape as sexual assault because rape's a gnarly word to say here on television. Right. To me, it makes it sound less bad. Right. And it's like, well, we can't, you know, let's not say, let's say sexual assault. Like, no, no, no. Say rape. Right. The guy was a rapist. He wasn't a sexual assaultist. Yeah, he didn't commit sexual no, assault. No, he fucking raped somebody. Right. And there, it's it's like, who decided that? Was it a dude? <laughs> like most yeah, you TV, do wonder. Most TV stations are run by dudes. Like, oh, let's 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 soften the language here. It's like, yeah. why? For what? It need you want it. To, I want certain things like that to be sharp. Like, no, they were a murderer. They didn't. Yeah. End, it wasn't manslaughter. They didn't end someone's life. They fucking murdered yeah. someone. Uh, yeah, I think in certain ways it's like it's important not to soften, you know, soften them like the meanings of words or, or or where they came from or like deliver the fucking history behind it because it's just as important to feel that to feel it's yeah. like those words should make you feel uncomfortable. Not you shouldn't be inundated with them. You shouldn't walk into a courthouse and there's a fucking yeah. Confederate. In some places they shouldn't be there, but like. You know, if you go to an art show, if you go to a, like a vintage expo, if you go wherever, you know, when you see that stuff, you got to go, oh, it's important. You should feel that way because then you do remember that you're like, that's a bad part of history. And as long yeah. as you feel that like, ouch, you're not, you know, victim to repeating. But I again. worried that be- when it's at those fairs, you just, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, the Duke's a hazard. And you just see right. it and you just think a style or like. Yeah. a hat or whatever you know it's it doesn't have that there's same. always i mean i don't know there are always those people though that'll never like put put the context in there but there's plenty of people that look at that stuff and go can you believe america used to be that way yeah, and that is if that's you want people to see that like that you want people to go can you believe people thought that was okay at one point yeah that's someone who has an accurate modern day view of the world he sees it and goes Dude, people used to think that was okay. And yeah. then you laugh and you move on. It's You know what sucks about it, or one of the worst things about it is time waters down all that shit. Right. As you get farther and farther away from it, as there's le- maybe less people alive to who were actually there and saw it and experienced it, right. it gets less and less. And there's people like, oh, no, come on. No, it's fine. We're not going to do that. We're not, it's, not, it's not bad anymore. Like, we, I'm not a racist. I just like this. As this time goes on, you just have less of an appreciation for things that happened in the past because they're too far away. I noticed that, you know, because Kobe's retiring, they're t- putting all these, like, best-of-all-time lists. Right. And, like, the older guys will put, like, people, like, older basketball players are like, uh, we're, you know, like Bill Russell. Like, Bill Russell's got 11 fucking championships, but, like, if people in their 20s making lists have just young people, modern f- players. Yeah. And they're like, ah, Kim one's great, but he wasn't fucking Bill Russell. Right. But it's because they didn't see Bill Russell play. Mm-hmm. You see that with comedian lists, too. 
is you know they'll put someone new modern on there you're like ah that yeah. guy's not top 10 wasn't that more of an argument to have the history there when it you is. go to those places it is but what i'm saying is when it's not coming firsthand from someone who saw it you don't see the like emotional connection when it's yeah. just words in a book or just like pictures when you it's when you when there's at some point there's going to be no more holocaust survivors alive right and i worry that when you don't have people when you can't see them describe how horrible it was right it's not it's not going to feel bad enough well, yeah, I mean that's why there's the you know the museum. That's why the people yeah. alive now. We're are lucky doing, you know, that there's video of all that. Stuff. Yeah, museums and books and films and you know all that stuff that like that is getting their firsthand experiences and doing whatever they can to like capture it so generations in the future can feel it as if they were being told by the person. You yeah, because I've never fucking sat down and talked to a Holocaust survivor. I've seen documentaries and movies that make me go, "Oh boy!" You didn't I'm, have Mr. Silverstein at Rosemont. I didn't have him as a teacher, no, no. but he was... Uh, He's a Holocaust survivor. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. My mom had him. Re- Jesus Christ. Yeah. He taught for a while. My grandfather <laughs> taught at Rosemont. I never insane. knew him because he died when I was like born. That's insane. But him and my... Mr. Silverstein and, and yeah. my grandfather were really good friends, right. I guess. and Because I remember... You know, I had him for math or something. I was getting like a shitty grade. Yeah. And I was like, my mom wanted me to say hi. And he goes, who's your mother? I go, Judy Foster. And he was like, oh, my God. He was like, your grandfather... Like, he... he just like gushed about my grandfather who I didn't know, but he was like, cause he also taught like French and shit. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, he remembered my mom distinctly cause that's how long he'd been teaching. There. That's insane. But yeah, like, you know, and in, I remember in junior high people were like, kids were such like insensitive shit. Oh, I like, know dude. It was the word him and what was the principal's name? I don't remember. Fuck. Of but they were of Rosemont. I, when I was there, it was Mr. Watson. No. But I can't remember the one right before that because he took over in eighth grade. The one we had. I don't remember, but but he was Jewish. Yeah. And I remember – I never saw anyone do it, but I would hear about kids throwing pennies at him because Jews love money. And you were just like – yeah, And nuts. by the way, he was the coolest. He caught me screaming the F word once because I was uh, – Regurgitating a scene from Forty Eight Hours that I thought was so hilarious, yeah, yeah. and I was and I <laughs> yelled the f word in, yeah. at snack, and he goes, uh, "Kevin, come here for a second. And he goes, "I saw that movie too. It's really funny. Um, you know you're gonna have detention, right?" And I was like, "Yeah, that's fine." He's like, "Okay." He's like, "I'll see you there." And he was just like, "Look," and he was just so mellow about it. He didn't like lecture me. He goes, "You just can't scream the f word," because I then I got everybody screaming the f word. Yeah, he's like, you know, you, there's a you, you, tell your friends that story after school. And I was like, "Yeah, totally." That's crazy. But yeah, because in La Crescenta, I didn't have the kids growing up there. There was I don't think there was a synagogue in La Crescenta. Maybe there was, I but it, I didn't yeah. know where it was. Yeah. I, I knew one Jewish kid in elementary school. He yeah. didn't go to Rosemont. He went to Flintridge Prep. Right. Scott Cohen. He was only half Jewish. Like you just didn't. There was no. You didn't know a kid that was offended by that or had parents that were offended by that. So in your head, it wasn't that offensive. But literally, people making Holocaust jokes in the same building as a Holocaust survivor, that's yeah. fucking disgusting. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. He had the numbers on his arm. I know. Jesus I Christ, man. I know. We, you don't know anything. You don't know any better. You're just a little fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're just you're doing that left and right when you're a kid. You're offending everyone everywhere all the time. Because you're you an have, idiot. You have no idea. And how hard must it be for him in his mind to be like, they're teenagers, they're stupid, and yeah. I know this, but holy shit, yeah. that's offensive. Ugh. Yeah, he probably was just like, 
Well, I've clearly been through much worse, so I'm <laughs> going to go about my day and these dumb oh. fucking 13-year-olds aren't going to get to me. Oh, God. Fuck them. Oh, my God. I'm failing all of them. <laughs> um, so awful. This conversation never would have happened if we didn't see any Confederate flags at Inspiration. Oh, Jesus Christ. We wouldn't have got to talk about how horrible people can be and how uncomfortable we can be made by. Those styles come from someplace and they're not always good. Yeah, no sh- <laughs> Yeah, I know. I I mean I agree. I bu- I mean I get bummed on like the the like the Dogtown Venice you know the Dogtown Z Boys Venice scene that yeah. scene is incredibly racist. Yeah, there's the a lot Venice of- surf scene, fucking skidheads aplenty. Same it's same with Huntington Beach. Yeah, there are a lot of fucking skinheads out in Venice. That Probably locals only bullshit. It's racist as fuck. Yeah, all the way through like the nineties, there were like a lot, and you would never think like Venice had skinheads. Like they're still there now. Yeah, like a lot of those old like surf airbrushers, Von Dutch guys. Yeah. For, like, there's a reason they there was German helmets on their fucking monsters and shit. Yeah, they were yeah. being punk and they were trying to be subversive, right. but they also didn't have a ton of black friends or Jewish friends. Right, right, right. That seems a little ugly, and some of the guys that get like lionized in that scene, you're like, nah, man. Yeah. Fuck that dude. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, there's a reason he picked a lightning bolt font for his deck in right. the 80s. Like, yeah, I get it, but also I know why, and no, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'll, I'll buy a Pal Peralta deck of that. But even the Tony Hawk skulls, a giant iron cross in the background. Right. Independent trucks. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, there was, like, just on its own, there was less of that stuff there. Yeah. Because, yeah, there's just people that, I mean, I'm sure that the people were just like, well, I'm not going to bring it because people won't buy it. That's and the thing. That's, I just don't think you, know. you can't. There, last year, there was a pair of jeans, which is two giant swastikas in the pockets. Right. <clears throat> and it was like, who, no one's buying that shit. Yeah, nobody's buying it. No one's buying It's like a $300 pair of jeans you can't wear anywhere yeah. in the world. Yeah. But that's, I mean, I don't know. To me, that's something you walk by and you just laugh. You're like, who you go, the that's fuck? funny. You're like, man, you wasted time sewing that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They would, the, the, it was a little di- There was more art stuff this year. There's a yeah. few. There's a gallery that I've recently become aware of that's like a Southwestern art gallery that had stuff that was cool. What's it called? Something Maxwell Gallery. It was right in the front uh-huh. by the le- by the Buco leather jacket guy. Or okay. towards, you know, as you walk, like if you walked in and went left towards the surf stuff. Oh, yeah. There was like an art gallery. There's a guy I follow on um, Instagram who's a really good. Southwestern style painter does like mostly cowboys. Look it up. And uh, yeah, so there was some some more of that, but again, less crowded this year. Yeah, which I thought was kind of cool. I mean, it might be because the the book fair was the same um, same weekend. Because I know there was a lot of crossover. There were people that are like, "Oh, I went to that yesterday. I'm at Inspiration today, or I'm going to that tomorrow." Also, wonder with the Rose Bowl being, I wonder if people are like, "I can't do both, and I got to do all of them." Yeah. Last year that happened too, though. People were like, "I heard a lot of like, you going to Rose Bowl tomorrow?" Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. The people that go, they go hard. They go, "I'm going to Inspiration both days. I'm going to the Rose Bowl Sunday." Like they they live that fucking crazy life. As yeah. where I was like, "Yeah, I'm sitting fucking." You know what I would, what I wish I could do, or I would do, like maybe next year, is literally like instead of buying clothes all year, just save up all the, figure out about how much money I spend on clothes a year, and be like, nope, we're taking it all to inspiration. We're gonna go hard. Three, yeah, I'm, I'm actually going. I'm gonna go clothes shopping for real, not just like to go and look at stuff and maybe find like, no, no, I'm leaving with two pairs of jeans and I'm gonna get a fucking jacket. I spent two thousand (laughs) dollars, and that's my (laughs) yearly budget for clothing. 
What's the name of the artist? The uh, the uh, the ar- his name? I think his name is Matt McCormick. Matt McCormick. Yeah. Let me make sure. <laughs> On Instagram. Yeah. Matt. Yeah, Matt McCormick. M C M C C O R M I C K. He does tattoos. He makes southwestern paintings. Uh, he can paint his ass off. Oh yeah, he's got he does tattoo stuff. Yeah, bam. His paintings aren't really coming up for a long time. Maybe mm. he took them down. Oh, neck face, of course, is on Instagram. That just came up as, as a suggested. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Nasty neck face one. <laughs> yeah, that's what he goes by on here. Yeah. I'm good on neck face. <laughs> oh, yeah, you don't like him. I do. Sometimes he's funny. I don't need to worship the dude. Right. Well, anyway. Um, <laughs> he did an offensive drawing that I thought was really funny. It was one of his characters in a, re- re- a wheelchair that said, Retards ain't special. Jeez. I was like, whoo. You're like, oh, boy. That's yeah. Wow. a lot of... <laughs> whoo. <laughs> this guy doesn't have any of his paintings up. He had paintings. He had some drawings there for sale that were not cheap, but and they were all sold. What McCormick? Yeah, some pencil drawings of of horses and shit, and they were. I was kind of encouraged by the price of them and that people bought them, because they're like his like sketches that he does before he does like his paintings are really involved. Yeah. You can't see them because they're for why he took them all off his Instagram. Where does he do tattoos at? What city? Uh, he lives in Arizona. Uh, oh, that would hence the. Southern. But I think he travels like he'd be like in L.A. at this place for the next week. What a cool job to travel with when you're good at it. Yeah, I would follow him, though, because eventually his paintings will pop up and he's rad. Oh, yeah, yeah, I just followed him. Yeah. Um, Okay. Yeah, different vibes. I found found inspiration more sincere. The people there... Yeah, I'd say so. The people there are obsessed with that. It is their lifestyle. They're obsessed with those products. They're on the hunt for that stuff all the time. They live it. They breathe it. And... I, while I'm sure there was plenty of that at L.A. Art Book Fair, uh, I didn't feel it as hard. Yeah. I wanted to see more sincerity. I think that's why that punk section was the best thing to us. It felt very sincere. That, yeah, like, I, I was agree. like, no, I'm into this shit. I definitely want to go next year, at least for a, a longer period of time in one day or, or two days in a row, because there was like a lot of, just a lot of stuff. Yeah. And to really like, dive into it a little deeper would be could be cool i don't know i mean i'm not in your position where you're like i've seen this i've lived it for fucking 15 whatever years yeah um but yeah i mean it was cool it was just like by the end of the week when i left that i was just like that was like a cool weekend in los angeles oh yeah where there were like cool events and like lar book fair weekend's always a cool yeah there's tons of art shit to do oh yeah yeah so it's great i hope it's the same weekend again it's like just tons of shit to do yeah, it was like a cool. I mean, I had like a lot of like interesting like conversations and just looked at cool shit. Yeah, it was like a, it was just fun. I don't know. You leave feeling. I mean, I, I know I sound like I'm shitting on it. and I'm not. I still like it a lot. Yeah, and it uh, it's 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 great because it's a big. You know what's great about it? It's a big smart thing that right. is inclusive. There's some. There's pretty much something for everyone. Yeah, there was, and that's another thing. Was on top of being free, you can you just walk in. It didn't in any way feel like a, an insider's club. It didn't yeah. feel clicky. It just felt like 
just walk through this thing and like check some stuff out. Yeah. There was no like people looking at you weird or going like, do you know where you're going? Do you know what this is? Do you need me to explain? It was just you walking around and everyone like very friendly. Hi, let me know if I can answer any questions. And you yeah. felt like you were just like having a good time in a cool place with like cool weird shit. Yeah. It's the most inclusive thing that happens at museums. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad it's over. I've been standing. <laughs> I've been Dude, standing for two days. So two and a half days. Bad. Slowly meandering is very bad for your body. Yeah, because three hours later you're like, I need to sit. And then when you do, you're like, ow, ow. Literally, you can feel after uh, today and yesterday, I could feel the blood yeah. gathered in the ends of my in my hands and my yeah. feet. That in like I was like no I need to go someplace yeah. and put my feet up like to get the blood out of there you sit down and then like you lean back and your back cracks just oh it's from, awful just from leaning you're like oh I felt old and like I yeah. felt my, my body felt bad my right. body feels bad right now yeah there, there, that s- was our marathon this weekend dude slow fuck that fucking uh. <laughs> slowly moving around an area is terrible yeah. for you. Especially when it's a little hot. <laughs> yeah, and if you have the posture that the people at the LAR book fair had, well, imagine what they're going to be like tomorrow. A lot of thirty percent of the people that went will be paralyzed. Yeah, because they are hunched over like candy canes. They already fucking, are very thin. Oh, they the spent posture. A lot of time was, reading a zine over a desk. I was the tallest person there by three feet. You and I were the toughest people there. Yeah, that was one of those. I was like, I could beat everyone here <laughs> up at the same time. They could yeah. all attack me at once. Yeah, and we could just take them all out. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. Have, I don't think we could take Eric Brunetti. No, he's got the crazy. Definitely strength. fight. He's got the crazy strength. He could definitely fight. Yeah, yeah. I've seen him tell people like where he'll be so he can fight them on Twitter. Oh, sweet! <laughs> like not hard to find. <laughs> Come get me. That's all. He's like, here's an address. Like publicly. some guy was talking shit to me. He's like, not hard to find, man. Let me know. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. You, well, I'm not fighting that dude. That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, two cool things to do in LA if you live here or are gonna be here uh, next, next year. year at this time. <laughs> uh, LA Inspiration, Inspiration LA. However, uh, it's very easily Googleable, and the LA Art Book Fair, same thing, and all the other museums we mentioned earlier in the day that apparently have a lot more free days are always worth checking out. Yeah, uh, great date. Great afternoon or evening date uh, that is cheap if you're looking for that. And if you're in your fucking 20s, you're looking for that. <laughs> a cheap, fun date. Yeah. You can never go wrong with a museum Look or a Look at that painting. Let's fuck. Let's do it in the car. All right. See you next week. <laughs>